Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. Our hope is that after you hear this interview, you'll feel inspired to make an impact in our community in some way yourself. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today's show is centered around an often sought-after concept of overall well-being. We'll be talking about it in terms of health or the absence of it, and services provided so that people can experience overall well-being and also in terms of well-being within our community. So if I were uh, if I were to ask you to define a healthy lifestyle, how would you respond? One international study found that across the globe, most respondents defined healthy as being physically fit, exercising regularly, being emotionally happy, and getting adequate sleep on a regular basis. Now, if that's the definition, I'm not healthy because... <laughs> Sleep is where I struggle. The other areas are fine, but sleep I struggle with. In the United States, survey respondents demonstrated an awareness of the connection between mind and body when it comes to health, reporting that their definition of health is both exercising regularly and being emotionally happy. Total health is defined by the World Health Organization as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Using the definition from the World Health Organization, would you consider yourself living in total health? There was a study done in 2022 with eight countries surveyed asking how people felt about their health. Those countries included Australia, Brazil, Germany, New Zealand, South Korea, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the United States. The U.S. and Brazil had 86% of respondents claiming that they feel healthy. Any idea who had the highest percentage? It was Spain at 91%. I've been there. It's a beautiful country. I can understand why. Who do you think had the lowest percentage and felt the most unhealthy? Well, that would be Germany at 33% of people categorizing themselves as currently being very unhealthy. Interesting, isn't it? With 86% of people in the United States, in this particular poll anyway, considering themselves to be healthy, you may think it's because the United States spends more on health care than any other high-income country. But compared with peer nations, the United States has the highest rate of deaths from avoidable or treatable causes and the highest maternal and infant death uh, rates, which is sad. It's a sad statistic for sure. And that's just a stat on the medical side of things. How can we change that stat and make total health, including the social well-being part of the question, more obtainable for people? Well, I think you can guess where I'm going with this, right? It's by becoming more aware of the resources available and the organizations that are providing help, care, and support in order for people to experience total health and to be able to live healthy, independent lives in all areas. My first guest today is Heidi Chada, VP from the Milwaukee Center for Independence. Welcome to the show today, Heidi. 
Thank you for having me, Jill. I'm very excited to be here to talk about this very important topic. You are certainly welcome. Can you start by giving us a brief overview of who the Milwaukee Center for Independence is? The Milwaukee Center for Independence has been in Milwaukee for over 85 years. We have the honor of celebrating our, celebrating our 85th anniversary this year. Congratulations. Thank you so much. We're very excited about our history and even more excited about our healthy future. Um, so we started our foundations um, really rooted back over 85 years ago as Jewish vocational service to help immigrants coming from Europe um, fleeing oppression to really integrate and become healthy well community members here in the United States, particularly Milwaukee, focusing on helping people find employment, helping people with special needs and barriers be healthy in their community. And after 85 years of service, we're still doing that same thing. We just have really listened to our community and changed our approaches as to how do we help people live a healthy life in the community. Okay. Well, I spent a bit of time here defining total health. How, how would you define it? You know, do you think that it's impacted by direct medical care, or do you agree that other factors like social well-being are so much a part of it? I really agree with you that other factors are um, um, impacting total health. I should disclose that I'm also a registered dietitian, so I have a lot of background about nutrition and wellness. Um, so total health is more than just not being ill. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving, right? It's balancing the complete physical, mental, and social well-being that you experience as a community member. And there's many things that go in to total health. And for most of you, it's probably not what you think it is. Mm, that's a that's a lead-in question, huh? Tell us about your services then. Tell us a little bit more about that. What do you offer to help people experience this total health concept that everyone's seeking? So in the end, what we're trying to do at Milwaukee Center for Independence through our parent company called Centers for Independence is working with people with all abilities to advance their total health. So focusing on all aspects that physical, mental, and social well-being that goes into into it and helping build healthy, hopeful communities. Each of us, regardless of what our challenges are, really want and deserve to live a healthy whole life in the community. So we bring those services to over 24,000 individuals every year. And we have an adult services line that might be helping people um, live independently in the community, find jobs. We have a behavioral health division for people um, suffering from persistent or, or in a mental health crisis and children's services. And then we also have a commercial service operation in which we help people with training, but we produce a lot of meals for school-age kids. So we have a whole palette of services over 30 different programs. Okay, and like we said before, um, total health being defined as not just the absence of disease, um, but you're helping in that area, but you're also helping in the well-being space as well with a number of different programs. And you said that you serve over 24,000 people. Is that annually or each year okay. so that's a big number that right? is yeah and for those of you who haven't heard of milwaukee center for independence you're probably thinking wow how have i not heard about this organization and we just humbly go about our way um, working with our community to help them be healthy but twenty-four thousand individuals every year we serve individuals in every county in wisconsin and we also have some services in north carolina 
And it's really interesting because what we focus on is impacting those health behaviors and socioeconomic factors to help people live a healthy, well life. And uh, so you're out in the community. It's it's a, a well-rounded offering uh, of programs. Tell us about um, the people. You know who who are the people that look to you for support. The people that look to Milwaukee Center for Independence for support are primarily people who are living in the most um, disadvantaged neighborhoods and situations. So almost all the people we work with have economic challenges, um, receive Medicaid services, but they could be people who are looking for more independence in the community because they have an intellectual disability or physical disability. They could be people suffering from a mental health crisis or trying to manage a long-term mental health illness. People who have barriers to employment who really want to get into or advance their career or people with um, intellectual disabilities and developmental delays who want to have a more enriching life or children who need life-saving medical care through one of our through our day services or our children's services program during the day. So it's really any individual who's experiencing a challenge that really wants to focus on that independence and that full life in the community. And I think it's interesting when you share that you're serving over 24,000 people. And I love doing this because I learned so much about great organizations out there. But this is why we do this radio show is so that people can learn about the great organizations out in our community that are doing great work. And on the one hand, it's nice to hear when people say, oh, I've never heard of that organization before. Thank you for educating us. But then I say, gosh, they've never heard of that organization before, and they've been around for a while, and they're doing great work. So we're, we're happy to help advocate for you uh, and the great work that you do. Uh, providing total health services to individuals in our community that need help in any number of different ways is really no small task. So we've already talked about the fact that total health does not just mean medical needs are being met. It includes other things as well that the community needs. But how do you know what the community needs? And then how do you respond to that? How do you know if what you're doing is actually working? And how do you measure the success of the programs and the services to know that they're changing lives and that people are experiencing total health? So many questions. And we're going to get to those answers right after commercial break. Hang tight and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Heidi Chada from the Milwaukee Center for Independence. So I asked a number of questions before the break about serving the community. How do you know what they need? Jill, that is a great question. As we talked about earlier, Milwaukee Center for Independence has evolved a lot over the years, and we're really proud of the work we do to respond to current and future community need. So we spend a lot of time surveying and talking to the people we serve, the individuals receiving our services, their families, our funders, and we work with a lot of community partners because we cover such a large geographic region to really understand what are the current issues, needs, and assets in our community, and what part of that service can we provide, and what part of that service do we need to find an exceptional community partner to help us provide those services. 
And it's really being honest with yourself and mm -hmm. continually asking, how does this impact a person's total health? And by providing the service, am I making that difference? And truly just asking the people that you serve. We do a lot of measurement through our quality assurance and our compliance team. And we work with a lot of um, funders whom we have to report a lot of data back to. And that helps keep us um, honest and our eyes open to make sure we're continually responding to what our community needs. Okay. So just in general, I'm curious how nonprofits who are offering an abundance of great support services determine if what they're doing is actually working and changing people's lives. So tell us what MCFI does. Yeah. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So in our employment and training division, we work with people with barriers to employment who are looking to find their first job, a, a, you know, job retraining. We sit and talk with them during the front part of the process and say, what are the challenges you're having that are, that's preventing you from reaching your career goals? Is it instability of housing? You don't have a, a way to get yourself to and from work or training. Do you not um, have a source for reliable childcare to take care of your children or your ailing parents? We talk about what are your goals, working full-time, working part-time, what wage do you want to earn? And that same process, whether it's somebody in employment or day service or children's services, we work together on what those goals are, that they're invested, we're invested, and then we set measurement criteria and make sure that we're measuring all throughout, are you meeting what those goals are? We also are a trauma-informed care organization. So we look at the trauma that a person has experienced through the course of their life. So an ex the best example, a descriptor, is not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you? Mm. How did you get to this place? And then from there, you can start setting your goals. And we take it another step further. We focus on something called the science of hope. And hope is the belief that today can be better than tomorrow, and you can make it so. So we use some assessment tools to measure hopefulness in our individuals that we're serving, particularly in our behavioral health division. It's implemented in that part of what we do right now. And help them find the way or the path and the willpower to get there and measure that how full their hope is. And then also achieving that goal, whether it's getting an independent apartment in the community, getting a job, being able to navigate the community, managing your medications. So we measure those softer parts of life that I would argue are way more important. Are mm -hmm. you hopeful? Mm -hmm. And then the technical parts of life. Are you taking your medication? Do you have a place to live? Do you have a job that supports your needs to buy food and pay for health care? And I think so it's a whole hope, variety of things. Yeah, and I think hope is so key. That's such a big part of it because without hope, well, you're hopeless, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you think uh, about everything you've achieved in life and the people that you work with. We all want to have hope for the future, mm -hmm. and we all want to have someone there with us to help us walk that path and find that way. And I really believe that with hope and with the right resources, we all can achieve a life that we are feeling totally healthy in. And fulfilled. And fulfilled. Yeah. Well, you had shared with me before this interview that you have something called Commission on Accreditation of Rehabilitation Facilities. 
or that's a big C A R F. Yeah, <laughs> and you were you were sharing with me that that's kind of um, a way to determine if what you're doing is actually working. Do you want to expound on that a little I bit? I would love to. So we got, lovingly call it CARF. And it's a voluntary process, and it's um, led by an organization that's peer-led, so people who work in your field. So rehabilitation, helping people integrate in their community, become independent. There are a lot of um, guidelines about what does it mean to achieve high-quality care and care that includes input from the people you serve, your funders, and your community. And there's a whole manual, um, which is very helpful. And all these standards we have to demonstrate um, via submitting policies, procedures, trainings, and then they come out. You, we have two different surveyors come to every area and actually walk through the process a day in the life of the people that we serve. Mm. And they give you feedback about what you're doing well and what you can change. The thing that I love the most is it provides a really great roadmap for quality that's been tested nationwide mm. and we've been doing this for over 20 years and we've had exceptional audits over the years and continuously hear from the auditors how exceptional our staff are we have 800 amazingly dedicated staff highly skilled but most important hope-filled and love the people that we serve in our community community so it really helps us glean some good feedback what other people are doing people like Milwaukee Center for Independence to help change lives in the community. Yeah, and I think it's so important to build that relationship with your uh, the people that you're serving. You know, you can, you're, yes, you're providing these services, but you are also um, uh, becoming their friend. And as you said, walking alongside them, and I think that makes, makes it so much better for, for individuals. Um, do you have some success stories that you can share with us? I actually do. I was thinking about this when we were talking, and I went to recency. So part of our um, um, program is an employment program called Level Up, in which we work with benevolent funders, and they provide financial support to help pay wages to the people that we train. So we have this lovely man. His name is Mark. And he is our most recent graduate of our Level Up training program. So um, he has served safe certification now. He's gone through full culinary skills, how to safely make food, designed his resume, interviewing skills, soft skills, everything. So what you need to really succeed in the culinary industry. Mark has been homeless for two and a half years, struggled most of his life with addiction issues, has never had a paycheck job. He's only had cash paying jobs his entire life. And when we first met him, we're giving a presentation actually at a, a homeless shelter that's near us. He sat there thinking, is this really happening to me? Is this just another person with a list of resources and a brochure? Do they actually care about me? And by the end of it, he said, this isn't just a talk. It's people who care about me. Hmm. So he spent nine weeks of his life with us working on those things like do you have services to make sure as he states he stays out of that rabbit hole mm. that he's focused on the future he now has enough money to get an apartment he has a job that he started this week with a team that he loves he has some money in the bank and like he said he has a group of people that believe in him and not just accepted him, but loved him for everything that came with him, the history of homelessness and substance abuse. And what I think the most lovely part of the story is, you know, he's got a place to stay, wonderful, he's got a job, great. 
but he is helping to onboard our next cohort of trainees to oh, tell that's them perfect yeah you can see it in me yeah so you can be it what a hope that, builder right what a hope builder because yeah. hope is a social gift yeah right? that's wonderful Hope's a social gift that's wonderful we've got a lot going on currently at mcfi uh do you have any new and exciting plans for the future we have some great, exciting plans. We're actually building a fifth production kitchen called Concordia 27. It's 12,000 square feet, and not only would it allow us to serve more meals, we serve right now about 24,000 meals a day, every school day, to daycare kids in K-12. to um, So that's a lot of meals, but we know that there's more needs. So we're building this kitchen. It's going to allow us to expand our training services, so training people in the culinary arts field, help them find jobs. It'll be an incubator kitchen and just be a really great place for us to continue to build healthy, hopeful communities. So we're so excited about that initiative. Um, so hopefully if you, if you are in the neighborhood in near West Side and you wanna check out Milwaukee Center for Independence at the Concordia 27, stop on in. Well, and also you mentioned before that uh, you've got a lot of partners. And I've said many times on this show that not one person or one organization can do it all. And so you have um, collaborative relationships out there with, with other nonprofits, correct, to help you we attain do. your goals. We do. The only way to be successful in solving challenges that a community has is to partner with your community. Absolutely. Not yeah. just the people who live there, but the other non-for-profit organizations. And if it weren't for our great community partners, we would not have been thriving for 85 years, and we wouldn't be still here creating new and wonderful things like the Concordia 27. All those things are possible through partnership. Mm. Well, if someone's listening and they want to get more information, can you share what's the best way to contact either you or maybe a website? I would love to. So you can check us out on the web at www.cfihope.org. And we have a great list of resources there. Um, we're at 20th and Wells in Milwaukee. So check us out. Let us know if there's any way that we can um, help you become more independent in your community. Or if you want to look at our website to see if you want to join our wonderful team. Wonderful. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for sharing all the great ways that you guys are providing support services in our community. Thank you for, for sharing all of that this morning. Thank you and wishing you all health. Thank you. Total health. Total health. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Heidi mentioned the importance of partnerships and collaboration with other organizations. And one of the nonprofits that they work closely with happens to be our next guest. So stay tuned to hear who that is after a short commercial break. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And our next guest today uh, is actually a nonprofit that Heidi and the Milwaukee Center for Independence works closely with. So welcome to the show today, Lindsay St. Arnold Bell, Executive Director of the Near West Side Partners. Jill, thank you so much for the invitation to join you today and talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. You're very welcome. Well, in the first two segments, we talked about total health and what that involves. And we learned how MCFI is meeting needs to help people experience total health for themselves. 
The World Health Organization, as I have stated before, defines total health as not only physical and mental well-being, but social well-being as well. And now that could mean a whole lot of different things to different people. Tell us what that looks like for near West Side partners and how you're contributing to total health well-being and making a difference in the community. When we think about total health and social health, a lot of times uh, we forget about the places and the spaces that we spend our time in and how that influences um, our health, our quality of life, our relationships and experiences uh, with others. And at Near West Side Partners, we're really focused on how can we look at a neighborhood and improve the quality of life for the individuals who live there, for the individuals who visit there for work, who come to learn, who come to play. Um, so Near West Side Partners, um, for those who are not familiar, is a nonprofit organization, and we are working in the seven neighborhoods west of Milwaukee's downtown. We were founded in 2014 with the support of five anchor institutions that share our geography. So uh, within our neighborhoods, we have Advocate Health, Marquette University, Potawatomi Business Development Corporation, Harley-Davidson, and Molson Coors. And really, um, they came together to find a solution on how can we revitalize and sustain this neighborhood and make it a really great place to live, work, play, and stay. Mm, that's wonderful. And I see that around our community. I mean, not obviously only on the near west side, but I just think what you guys are doing is so needed and it's wonderful. Now, you said that you work with seven neighborhoods. So tell us more about that and where you're specifically located. So the near west side is located west of downtown Milwaukee. We are bordered by Highway I-43 on the east, I-94 on the south, and Highway 175 on the west. And within this area, we have seven unique neighborhoods. That includes Avenues West, Cold Spring Park, Historic Concordia, Merrill Park, Martin Drive, Miller Valley, and Pigsville. Over 28,000 residents call our neighborhoods home, and we have four of Milwaukee's most racially diverse neighborhoods in the area. Um, and what's really interesting about our neighborhood, one of the many things that's interesting about our neighborhood, is that as you're driving through, you'll see um, how each is unique, and, and that's often most apparent through um, the housing stock. So in Concordia, you'll see a lot of historic beer baron homes, old Victorian mansions, in Martin Drive, um, we have smaller bungalows. And in uh, Pigsville, you'll see a lot of historic workers' cottage. Um, so our, within our neighborhood, there is a little something for everyone. And uh, we're really proud of having uh, so many unique attractions in the area. We are also connected um, by several corridors um, with major businesses, and um, over the last seven years, we've welcomed 50 new businesses to the area, and that includes a, a couple amazing destination restaurants that maybe uh, some of your listeners have been to, like Pete's Pops or Trucicolo Peru, uh, Daddy's Soul Food and Grill, and they really complement some of the businesses that we're already really well known for, like the Rave and the Ambassador Hotel and Five O'Clock Steakhouse. Okay. Those I've heard of. The other ones I've not heard of. And I'm learning a lot because I did not know we had an area called Pigsville. 
Yes, it is uh, one of Milwaukee's <laughs> hidden gems. It's uh, tucked between um, the Miller Brewery and the river. And uh, it is a, a quiet little neighborhood um, with just one way to get in and one way to get out. Oh, is that around where Saz's is? Because they serve a lot of pork over there. <laughs> no. Not too far away. <laughs> okay. Well, share with, <laughs> share more about the, the work that you do with us and, and what helps to drive it. Yeah. So, you know, Near West Side Partners is a convener of resources. We do our best work when we're bringing together people to come up with big ideas and look for solutions to challenges. Um, and we really rely on um, data to drive our work. Um, so we conduct an annual resident survey. We host focus groups. We draw on city, state, and federal sources to help us track the impact that we're having. And we have a lot of partners that we work with. Of course, our five anchor institutions are, are a big part of that, but we also have our 350 businesses in the area, our 28,000 residents. We have uh, 10,000 Marquette students that come to our neighborhood every year. We have 12 schools, 15 places of worship, and almost 100 different nonprofit organizations. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. interesting. 100 NPOs in that seven neighborhood area. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And so we bring these partners together in a variety of different ways to really think about how can we uh, create a collective vision for the future of our neighborhood and work to make that vision a reality. Um, and a, a great example of this is um, back in 2021, when we were still beginning to come out of um, the COVID-19 um, shutdown, we um, supported a three-day virtual event that brought together over 150 residents, businesses, nonprofit leaders, and other stakeholders to really start thinking about how can we um, come back to the work that we had started back in 2014 and really accelerate our work towards our mission. And um, during that three days, we talked about what we loved about the neighborhood. We talked about things that were really working. And then we broke down to see how can we apply this to some of the challenges that we're seeing. And so among the things that came up in um, those discussions were interest in seeing more outdoor spaces for gathering, places in the neighborhood to access fresh foods and resources like job training, wellness classes, business support, and of course, quality support, affordable housing. Okay. Well, you're doing a lot and you're uh, working with a lot of partners to accomplish your efforts there. Um, some of you may be familiar with a, with a popular quote from Mother Teresa that says, I can do things you cannot, you can do things I cannot, but together we can do great things. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, we're going to learn how Milwaukee community members are making change in their neighborhoods together and what the power of partnerships and community transformation looks like in practice. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in this last segment with Lindsay St. Arnold Bell, Executive Director of the Near West Side Partners. So before the break, I shared a quote by Mother Teresa that says, I can do things you cannot, you can do things I cannot, but together we can do great things. So, Lindsay, tell us how your Milwaukee community members working together are making change in your neighborhoods and also what the power of partnerships and community transformation looks like in practice. Thank you, Jill. I'd be happy to. You know, the Near West Side is a great neighborhood, but it's also a neighborhood experiencing great need. Our unemployment rate is over 12 percent. Over 45 percent of our residents live in poverty. And we have high rates of eviction and housing instability, and close to 20% of our residents report struggling with their mental health. Uh, So these are big challenges. And as we look to address these issues, rather than focusing simply on, you know, what is wrong, we look at what's going right in the neighborhood. And um, as I mentioned earlier, we have a neighborhood full of wonderful service providers like Milwaukee Center for Independence that are doing great work to address the challenges many of our residents are experiencing. And we have long uh, established trusting relationships with our residents that bring them to the table to talk about how we can best work together to address their needs. Um, This network of support in Milwaukee and beyond um, really helps us to further our efforts and um, work collaboratively to address that ongoing need. And my understanding is that that all comes together in projects like this Concordia 27 that Heidi talked about uh, in in one of the previous segments, right? Um, So tell us more about that and how it's going to help to address the needs of the community. So Concordia 27 was an idea that was born out of that um, appreciative inquiry summit we had back in 2021. At that time, residents were saying, we need a place, one place in the neighborhood where we can gather together um, to access resources, to, you know, meet a neighbor for a cup of coffee to have these positive social experiences and um, also access the kinds of resources that will really benefit us. So Concordia 27 um, is really a comprehensive resource hub that will be located right in the heart of the near west side um, that's on 27th and Wells Street. And it's a new historic redevelopment that's going to bring together businesses and organizations to uh, address the needs of the community in exciting and innovative ways. So we have um, four core partners that are part of this development. They include Fruition MKE. This is a coffee shop and creative co-working and makerspace run by two local business owners. And um, in addition to having experience running and owning their own business, uh, one of them is actually a Near West Side resident, and they have mentored uh, entrepreneurs and provided thoughtful technical assistance to those who are starting up their new businesses. Hmm. It's really exciting. We also have uh, Scaling Wellness in Milwaukee, also known as SWIM, joining our, uh, our development. 
and SWIM is focused on delivering trauma-informed care and wellness services to individuals who are working on the front lines, including teachers, social workers, nurses, you name it. In addition, they're partnering with organizations to provide wellness classes and treatments to residents and visitors in the neighborhood. Milwaukee Center for Independence is a huge player in this uh, development. We would not be where we are today without them. And they will be opening a brand new state-of-the-art commercial kitchen to support their school lunch program. What I love best about working with MCFI is that they are so comprehensive in their program development. It's not just about providing lunches to school kids. They're providing the culinary workforce training for those looking to enter the workforce. They provide the mental health support for their trainees. And when they are finished, they help them find a permanent placement. Healthy school lunches are just the cherry on top. Concordia 27 is also going to be the new home to the Near West Side Partners offices. My team is currently split between two office locations, and when you're doing work that is highly collaborative, it can be a challenge to be apart. Our new office space will bring us together and will also give us a, a more visual presence in the neighborhood. Hmm. Okay, so tell us if you've got some other things that are going on in terms of growth and goals for the future over and above this new home that you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, we don't we can't do what we do without partnership and without collaboration. So, at the end of the day, Concordia 27 is just a building. It's walls, windows, and a roof, and it's really what happens inside of the building. The work of our tenants, the engagement of our residents, the partnerships that are built and services that are provided that will truly make it a community asset. And that's really our goal. So um, this tenant applies to every project, every initiative we have in our neighborhood. I think um, it's a great example of how we can um, begin to envision uh, 27th Street in the near west side as a health and wellness corridor a place where people can come to address all aspects of their health and well-being, to start and continue and sustain an enriched life. And beyond that, I see new housing opportunities for those currently living in the area and for those who are interested in coming to our community. I see a new gathering places, um, including beautiful new parks and um, community gathering spaces and businesses that are prepared to serve a diverse population. I see a lot of opportunity, and I look forward to collaborating with whomever wants to be part of this exciting work. Well, that leads me to my next question. So what your call to action would be? You've got a lot of stuff going on. You've got some great goals for the future, a lot of growth opportunities. What would you say to our audience is your call to action? Well, if you or if someone you know is looking to support or to partner on community-led, data-driven initiatives that really help to improve quality of life, um, I would ask that you please visit our website to learn more about the work that we're doing. That is nearwestsidemke.org. And I also recommend following us on Facebook to keep up with the newest and latest and greatest in the Near West Side. Sounds good. My goodness. Lots of things going on over there in the near west side um, and this new uh, initiative that you have going on called Concordia 27. So that's exciting, and we look forward to uh, uh, visiting and seeing the growth in that area. 
Uh, thank you, Lindsay St. Arnold Bell, for sharing all about Near Westside Partners and how they're contributing to this idea of total health and well-being. And I also want to thank my first guest, Heidi Chada, from the Milwaukee Center for Independence. Thank you all for sharing how you support those looking to experience total health from a physical, mental, and social well-being perspective. I appreciate you both sharing your mission and your vision with us today. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out directly to Heidi from Milwaukee Center for Independence or Lindsay from the Near West Side Partners. They shared their contact information with you previously. I'm sure they'd be happy to help or point you in the right direction if they can't offer you the help that you need. If you know of a great organization doing great work in our community, like our guests today, that you think would be great guests for the show, you can email me at Jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a totally healthy place to live, work, and play. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio or you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. If you have a desire to help out in some way, whether that's with a group working in the community or one-on-one, -on -one, reach out to some of these wonderful nonprofit organizations that are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. We've talked about a number of different ways that you can make a difference and share your gifts, whether that's by donating, volunteering, or advocating for any of the organizations that we've interviewed. I'm sure anything that you do would be greatly appreciated. Take the time to figure out how you want to be a blessing and how you want to give a blessing. Thank you for listening today. Have a great day.